Welcome to Daily Living. My name is Shirley, and here on Daily Living, we focus on our daily walk with Christ. I may sometimes refer to myself or others as an FOC, which means a follower of Christ. And to put it or break it down a little bit deeper, it means that I strive to live my life according to the Holy Spirit's teaching of the scriptures and not by man's doctrine. So if you are a babe in Christ or you're a Christian, but you yearn to go deeper in God, have a deeper personal walk and relationship with God. Or maybe you've lost your way and you want to get back into the Father's arms. Maybe you're not a Christian at all, but everything that you've tried just hasn't been working. If that's you, then you are in the right place. I pray that God uses me as a vessel to lead you to Jesus Christ. Amen. Many people get a real thrill out of debating other people. This usually can be and remain a formal, um, cordial conversation or depending on the topic it can get really emotional as each party try to present to the other of their belief system or their values and understanding of that particular subject many like to get into christian debates and try to convert, defend Jesus Christ, or to prove that the gospel is indeed the truth. Most often, the people that will engage in such conversations are those that like to argue and will stop at nothing to prove their point. During these type of exchanges, what normally happens is very little active listening takes place. One opponent simply listens long enough to come up with a rebuttal or a response to a point that was made from the other opponent. So these type of um, debates can be depending on um, how it's going, they can be very heated. So the question that I have for you today, beloved, is should Christians get into debates with other Christians or non-believers? The reason why I wanted to talk about this today is I had an experience where I posted a video in a group chat and one of the other people on the chat responded 
and immediately started to um, attack the Christian faith or and attack Jesus Christ. And my first question to him was, are you a believer? And he responded, what do you mean, believer of what? I said, Jesus Christ. And he said, the white one or the black one? And at that moment, I recognized who I was speaking to. And when I say that is, I I was able to uh, discern that this person definitely was not a believer and was ready to debate on the subject. So I responded in a way where I was like, well, you know what? I really don't want to get into um, this conversation right now. Um, You know, I don't really have the time. And I was like, you know, just be blessed. Have a blessed day. But the the person, I'm not sure if it was a gentleman or, or, um, or a woman, responded with, no, you need to defend Jesus, your Jesus Christ. You need to defend him. And I didn't say anything for a little while, but then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to defend. Um, I responded like this. I said that, you know, most non-believers think that I have to defend Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ is undefeated. And I went on to say that I don't have to defend Jesus Christ because he is my defender. And the reason why I really try to retract from that conversation was I can tell from the way that it started that this was definitely one of those. um, It wasn't a conversation for both of us to be educated. It was more so a conversation to get to trap me, to get me caught so he can prove a point. And so in today's episode, we will discuss how the scriptures, what the scriptures say when it comes to confronting, when we're getting confronted for a debate. Okay. And I'm going to, um, what should Christians do? What should FOCs do when you face situations like that? When you face a situation where, you know, somebody, of course, you know, when we talk about religion or political, you know, people get really emotional or just really angry at times. Um, so, What do we do when we are faced with um, situations like that? So the first scripture that comes to mind when trying to break down um, this whole um, understanding is Matthew chapter 7 verses 6. And it reads, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. As FOCs, we will face situations where someone is trying to debate you on your beliefs. Some can be cordial while others can be just downright 
hostile. No matter how calm they are, only one thing is important to know if you should continue to spread the gospel or if you should remain silent. Now, before I go into that part, I want to read this verse. And this is one of the um, pastors that um, does a mentorship with me. He gave me this verse today and I thought it was important for me to um to talk about this also because it's important. First Peter chapter three verses thirteen to fifteen says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened, but in your heart revere Christian as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Amen. So we have to still be open to um, discussing to people that have questions. And a lot of times, you know, somebody can come in and they're asking you questions and really and truly it's just, you know, the Lord had probably already been ministering to them, or maybe all you're doing is just planting a seed. And, um, so we are there to, we are all, we're there to, um, inform, educate, um, give understanding to those that are lacking, that don't have understanding of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ and, and our walk. But before you engage in these conversations, what I think is important is it, the, one of the first things that we have to do is we have to discern. Okay. We need to discern what we are dealing with, who we are speaking to. I believe that this is important. Sometimes the people that are there for the sake of debating, if you really pay attention, you can discern very early on that, you know what, this is probably not a conversation that I need to engage in. And one of the things that um, I noticed that I want to talk about is some of these things that you can do to help discern is, you know, find out, are they believers? And that's why during that, um, that group text, one of the first questions I asked was, are you a believer? Because it helps me to kind of understand what type of conversation and try to try to discern the person and what is their overall goal in that conversation. So um, it's important to know, are they believers of Christ? Are they lost? You know, um, have they made up their mind on what they believe in? Um, a lot of times atheists will approach you in a very, um, I've had atheists, non-believers that will approach me in a very aggressive way. And from the very beginning of the conversation, I can discern that they're not open to what I have to say. They are, all they want is they want to hear what I have to say and come up with a rebuttal, come up with a response to what I, to whatever point that I'm trying to make, because they've already read every book. They've already, um, heard all the preaching and they themselves feels like they've debunked 
the Bible. And some of those people are very knowledgeable. They've read the Bible. You know, some of them will tell you that they've read it several times and they have come to their conclusion on how they feel. Right. And so I know that Peter says that we are supposed to, um, um, like he says in, um, the verse that I just read, who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. We should never fear because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we should not be frightened, but in our hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope. I agree, but I also believe that, you know, in doing so, we have to also, the Bible says that we have to protect our heart. We have to protect ourselves. So we have to discern um, when is a good time to speak, to continue speaking, and when is a good time to be silent there's a season for silence there's a season there's a time to speak there's a time to be silent and we have to learn to discern that so jesus explains in the parable of the weeds so let's read this um story and this is the reason why we have to learn to discern so jesus says the field And he's explaining the parable of the weeds to the disciples. And he says, the field is the world and the good seed stand for the people of the kingdom. And the weeds are the people of the evil one. When we really pay attention to the teachings of Jesus Christ and the parables that he was um, teaching to um, the, the disciples, we see that he always referred to the people of the evil one, the children of the evil one. And he talks in the parable of the weed, he talks about how in the end of time that the angels will come to separate the wheat and the tear. Okay. So we have two different people. So it's not, when we look at Jesus's ministry, We see how on several occasions, we see how the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus. So let's read Matthew's chapters 22, verses 15 to 22. And this is what it reads. Then the Pharisees left the place where Jesus was teaching. They made plans to trap Jesus with a question. They sent some of their own followers and some men from the group called Herodian these men said teacher we know that you are an honest man we know that you teach the truth about God's way you are not afraid of what other people think about you all men are the same to you so tell us what do you think is the right what you think is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not so Why were the Pharisees trying to trap Jesus? They were baiting him. And because they have no ears to hear, their hearts are hardened. So anything that Jesus teaches, their hearts is not open to receive it. So they're immediately trying to find fault in everything that he says, in everything that he teaches. 
And this is the same situation that will happen with um, some of us as we start to try to minister to people. A lot of times these people are not, their hearts are hardened. They don't have ears to hear and they are literally just waiting, um, trying to bait you into an argument, trying to bait you into trying to trap you and, um, to, you know, to, to kind of debunk whatever point that you're trying to make when it comes to your beliefs or when it comes to Jesus Christ. Um, and we see that has always happened. We see this happening even with Jesus Christ. When we move, when we go down, this is still chapter Matthew 22. Um, now we're in verses 23. Now we see the Sadducees. First, it was the Pharisees. Now the Sadducees try to trick Jesus. And it reads that same day, some Sadducees came to Jesus. The Sadducees asked Jesus a question. They said, teacher, Moses told us that a married man might die without having children then his brothers must marry the widow and the children for him. There are, there were seven brothers among us. The first one married, but died. He had no children. So his, so his brother married the widow. Then the second brother also died. The same thing happened to the third brother and all the other brothers. The woman was last to die, but all seven men had married her. So when people rise from death, Whose wife will she be? The Pharisees learned that the Sadducees could not argue with Jesus' answer when he would respond to them. So the Pharisees met together. One Pharisee was an expert in law of Moses. That Pharisee asked Jesus a a question to test him. And the Pharisees asked, teacher, which command in the law is the most important? So nothing is new under the sun. We see here in three different verses where the Pharisees, the Sadducees all got together and they were testing and baiting God and trying to catch him in a lie. And what's ironic is they're testing Jesus Christ because they don't want to accept and receive him into their heart as the actual Messiah. They are testing God himself because they feel like they know, they're all knowing. They are um, like the verse 34 says that one of them actually is verse 36, Matthew 22, verse 36, where it says one of the Pharisees with an expert in law of, in the law of Moses. So these people, they consider themselves expert. They consider themselves all knowledgeable when it comes to um, the, the their religion and the laws of Moses. And so they were not able to receive Christ. God himself in flesh, they could not open their hearts to receive him. And so beloved... Jesus didn't take the bait. So don't take the bait. Don't take the bait that the enemy is trying to give us 
is trying to bait us with, trying to trick us with. Amen. John chapters 8 verses 44 says, You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The passage helps us to understand that there are children of God and children of the devil. And as much as we want to minister to everybody, we have to understand that there are many Just like when Jesus lived and walked this earth in the flesh, there were many that rejected him and there will be many that will, that continues to reject him and that will continue to reject him. Okay. So at times when we want to tell the good news to others, but we have to be careful that we are not trying to, you know, pour out to people that are not open to receiving. And I know sometimes we don't know and we just have to kind of go through, but we have to um, really grow in our discernment so that we don't allow the enemy to bait us into arguments. And that's the thing. It's okay to have a a friendly debate, uh, educational. Um, Sometimes I've had great conversations where, you know, everybody just kind of state their opinions. I'm not talking about these type of conversations. I'm talking about the arguments. I'm talking about debates. I'm talking about the people that just come and um, really just kind of attack. And that's how I felt in the group chat was I felt like the way that that person you know, started to speak to me was very aggressive. And, um, and it got to a point where he was just like, defend your God, defend, defend him. What are you, are you ready to make an enemy out of me, you know, behind this Jesus Christ? And I, (laughs) I was thinking to myself, he doesn't know who I am. Yes, I'm ready to make an enemy out of you. If you're an enemy of God, you're an enemy. If you are an enemy of God, you are automatically an enemy for me as well. So, you know, we have to be careful to not get baited into that conversation because I felt like, you know, at one point I wanted to kind of get in my emotions with that conversation, but I refrained. And I realized that, you know, we can sometimes get caught up in these type of um arguments okay now one i wanted i did a a a breakdown of one of the scriptures that we already went over matthew 7 chapters chapter 7 verse 6 and it reads do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs if you do they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And this is what I like about this scripture. And I tried to, I when I was going through that situation, this scripture is what came to mind. And I, and, um, and I decided to do a, 
go deeper and just kind of break it down a little bit. So let's go over some of the Greek definition of some of the words that I thought that really popped out for me. So biblically, a dog metaphorically means a man of impure mind, an impudent man, meaning um, showing due respect for not showing due respect for another person. So somebody that's just disrespectful. Um, the word pearls in that scripture means the word of great value. Um, the word of God is of great value. We know that pigs are considered unclean. Um, we can read, um, I didn't have any definition for that, but second Peter chapters two verses 22 says that a swine that is washed return to her wallowing in the mud. So even if you wash a pig, they will always go back in the mud in wall in the, the wallowing in the mud. So pigs are considered unclean. Um, the word trample here in the Greek definition means um, metaphorically, it means to treat with rudeness and insult, um, to treat with um, neglect, figuratively to reject with disdain, with disdain. And the word turn there means to turn around, to turn from oneself, to turn from one's course of conduct. And that right there was important. So basically, that same scripture, what it's telling us is, do not give a man of impure mind what is sacred. Do not throw your word of great value, your word of great wisdom to an unclean animal. If you do, if you decide that you're going to do so, they may treat you with rudeness. They may treat you with insult. They may treat you with um, disrespect. They will reject you. In turn, one's course of conduct or change your mind and tear you to pieces. What are they changing your mind on? The course that you're already on. See, a lot of times, even if you're having a debate with somebody and the debate is getting, and you can tell that this person is not open, you are pouring out your spirit. You're pouring out into this person, but this person is not receiving. At some point, you have to discern that and you need to stop the conversation. When you stop this conversation, because... What the scripture says here, when we break it down, because it can turn your course of conduct. It can turn, it can start changing your mind. It can start planting, depending on who you're, you're um, having this debate with, it can cause you to start having doubt, okay? It can start to steer your belief, depending on your strength right? So this is the reason why it's important to, um, 
to not allow yourself to get into heavy debates that are that are not fruitful you can have a conversation where it's like okay you're you're getting ground you're stating your point but you have those conversations that are just negative the enemy is just pulling you in pulling you in and eventually it just it's this dead conversation that's not fruitful you know the person that you're speaking to is not open to receiving and all that's happening is they are setting traps for you just like they did for jesus christ so proverbs 9 verses 7 says he that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame and if we try to say it in English, it says he that discipline an arrogant man get to himself shame. Most of the people that we find in these type of encounters, they just don't have ears to hear. The energy when we usually for a believer, when we pray and we spend time in the secret place with the Lord, what happens is he fills us up. The Holy Spirit, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, once we get filled with the Holy Spirit, when we go to minister to people, we are then pouring out that spirit onto them. But if they are not... Uh, if they're not open, if their heart is hardened, what happens is you're pouring out and it's all in vain. Nobody, it's like you're 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 gonna be empty anyway. You have to go back and fill back up during when you're praying and when you're spending that um, secret place and, and praying with God when you're in His presence. But then this person now that you've tried to talk to. This person is not open and all you're doing is just just emptying yourself out for no reason because they're not receiving anything. It's like having a cup with holes in it. The more you pour into it, the more the water falls out, the more you need to continue to pour into that person. And that's not a fruitful conversation. So we have to learn to discern these um, because they will trample you underfoot John chapters 14 verses 23 reads Jesus replied anyone who loves me will obey my teaching my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. What happens when we engage in those debates? What happens is it breaks your peace. These conversations will cause you to lose your peace. And once you lose your peace, you are now open to all type of other emotions. You're open to anxiety. You're irritated. You're offended. 
you know, fear can creep up, frustration, and all type of other emotions that will distract you from God's will, that will distract you from the course that you're supposed to take, right? And that's what we said, the turn in Matthew 7, um, 7, 6, when it says, and it turns one's course of conduct or change one's mind. Because the Bible says that the words that we speak are spirits. So when you are sitting here and you're engaging in an unfruitful conversation with someone, a debate about God, where they're trying to debunk, something happens to the words that comes out of their mouth too. So you have to be careful with that also. But I'm not going to go too deep into that because that's something I feel like is a different topic. But um, but we have to be careful with um, engaging into these type of conversations. Amen. So when we um, so it's important to one of the ministers that I was talking to, she said, um, peace is God. Peace is God. So when we allow somebody to um, to mess up or mess up our peace, where break our peace, it's like we lose our grip on God. We lose. We've diverted our attention off of God onto whatever it is. Because now if you have anxiety, guess what? You're focused on this anxiety. Your eyes is off of Christ. You are not thinking about God right now. You're not thinking about God's will on your life because you're focused on whatever you're feeling at that time. And the enemy wants you to be there. He wants you to be in your feelings. He wants you to be distracted because he doesn't want your eyes on Christ. Because if your eyes is on Christ, just like Peter, when he was on that boat and his eyes was on Christ, guess what? He was walking on water. But the minute he took his eyes off of Christ, he started to sink. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to sink and drown. Because he has one agenda and that's to kill, still kill and destroy. He wants us to take our eyes off of Christ. So the more that he can get us in, into these unfruitful debates and arguments with people, then the more he can have us focusing on ourselves, focusing on our emotions, focusing on everything else but Jesus Christ. It is very life or death importance to stay focused and know that God is in control. We are in a time where we are in desperate need for God's peace in our lives. People are in desperate need of peace. And those of us that have peace, it's like more precious than gold, more precious than money. It's not something that go that is free for everybody. Some people, they just don't know how to get to that peaceful place. But like I said before, peace, true peace 
comes from Jesus Christ because he is the prince of peace. He is the only one that will give you peace that circums all understanding. You could be going through whatever situation, but you're at peace. Jesus Christ was sleeping during a storm on a boat. He was at peace. None of that stuff bothered him. He, everybody else was afraid for their lives. They thought they were going to die, but he was at peace. So much peace that he was sleeping. When was the last time you met somebody that was anxious, that slept like a baby? There's a peace that comes with that. So beloved, today, I just want to tell you, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. This is not to say to not talk to people, but discern. Discern when it's a bait. Discern when it's from the enemy. And discern when it's God's will for us to talk to this person, to minister to that person's spirit to pour into that person's life to speak life onto that person know when to say and recognize when this relate this conversation is not fruitful and so you no longer need to engage and politely exit the conversation but with all that being said one of the biggest things that we need is discernment. As Christians, as FOCs, followers of Christ, we have to learn, we have to grow in our discernment. So we can quickly identify when we need to continue to engage and when not to engage. So if you want to, if you're asking the Lord to help you to grow in your discernment, and I'm asking for the same thing for myself and for all of you, beloved, why don't you say this prayer with me? Father God, we thank you for this day, Father. You are the same today as you were yesterday and as you are tomorrow. Since the beginning of mankind, you sought to have a relationship with your creation, to instruct us in the way that we ought to go. Father, today we pray for discernment. We pray that the Holy Spirit that indwells within us give us a peace beyond all understanding and we pray today for discernment to know precisely when something is you and when something is not father we want to be obedient to to your call in our lives we pray for such discernment to not only make wise choices but in the course of it all to know we can trust your guidance, your guiding hands in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. I pray that every one of you 
is able to grow in your discernment, that God will give you more discernment so you can make wise choices. And I pray that this episode, this message blessed you as it has blessed me. Until next time, beloved.